All right. Before we get serious here, I just can't help myself but to throw, throw out some stupidity first. So I, I texted him, and of course he's quick to respond. I said, never fear, I am here. I have canceled service and sent the people home. I am on my way to rescue you guys. And all his response was, was thank you, Lord. Very funny. Anyway, like I said, I suppose I deserve that, but quick to throw me under the bus. Okay, so what's pastor been talking about? Blessing, and specifically the spoken blessing. Um, so I have been in turmoil all week, and for a while I've known about them going on vacation for even longer than that, but especially this last week in turmoil with God, trying to decipher exactly what it is to share this morning and and uh, not exactly had much luck until uh, just real short like here before service. But that's all right because I believe I've got the heart of God. And while we're going to kind of stay on that spoken part of things, um, I want to talk to you a little bit today um, about speaking and how maybe the lack thereof in our lives can cause us some frustrations and issues. But he's been talking about the spoken blessing and the power of your words. You know, Proverbs 18.21 out of the Message Bible, that's always been one of my favorite scriptures. But it says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. And that's been a scripture that pastors have been using a lot lately. And it's very true. And it's not... It's not its own scripture out there. There's a lot of scriptures out there that talk about the power of your words. You know, Christ himself said it's not what goes in a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. You can defile your entire being, your spiritual being, your natural being with your mouth and what comes out of it. That's what can defile you. That's what can condemn you. That's what can send you to heaven or send you to hell. It's what comes out of your mouth. And we know that because that's how we get saved. You know, we believe it in our heart and we speak it with our mouth. If we don't speak it, it doesn't hold that power. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do or what it can do. It doesn't unlock the potential that's behind the word if we don't speak it. And he's been talking about how God is the God of generations. And he's the God over generations. He's the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Israel or Jacob. You've got the generations there. And, and he spoke about his generations and how, you know, sometimes we've got bad generations ahead of us or behind us or ahead of us. And how they could have done some things that maybe have tried to trickle downhill and affect our lives. And, and even as far as generational curses and things like that and how those things can come against us. But just like Pastor shared at the end of last week, Christ came and broke those things. He stopped them dead in their tracks. Now that doesn't mean they're not going to try to come against you because those things will try to carry on. But if you're born again, you're a new creature in Christ. That's it. That's where it stops. That curse, those generational issues, those problems, those health issues, whatever they might be, that's where it stops. You have now been engrafted into a new generation, a new bloodline. And, the, and it's the blood of Christ that now flows in your veins. And that's a different generation. And what a great generation to be a part of, if you want to call it that. <clears throat> but the words of our mouth are so important. So from the beginning, 
And I'm just going to kind of set up a few things here. From the beginning, you've got Adam and Eve. And Adam screwed up, sinned, and gave dominion to Satan. He basically handed over the keys to Satan and gave him control by the words of his mouth, the actions of himself, all these different things that they did, they did wrong. They sinned, so they gave that over and gave access. Go to Romans chapter 5, and we'll just read a little bit of this and how it works. And this is just kind of some scripture to show you how the generational things come through. And because of Adam, for generations, sin bound people. And they had a sin problem. But, like Pastor said, we have a second Adam. So Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, or Adam's sin... Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, Christ coming, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So we have the condemnation that come before the conviction and the problem of sin that brings condemnation and brings judgment in our lives eradicated when Christ came. He now brings justification. And that's just like I said, that's what Pastor was talking about. The bloodline is stopped right there because there's a new blood now. That's a new covenant, and it covers that, and it wipes that out. It's eradicated. So those generational things that try and come down the line in your life, they're eradicated from the day you're born again. We just don't know that sometimes, and maybe we aren't speaking that properly. And it's easy to get into a... a, I don't know what the right way to say it, but get into a verbal cursing of ourselves. And we talk about our history and, well, my grandpa was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. So I'm an alcoholic. I'm sure I will be too. Or my great-grandpa died from a heart attack at 48. My grandpa died at a heart, of a heart attack at 52. My dad's going to probably die here short like from a heart attack, and I'm sure I will too. You're provoking and sending on that generational curse. But if you're born again, that's it. It's stopped. Those things don't have a right to carry on no more. Be sure to align your words with that and get your mouth caught up with what the word says and don't allow those things to keep coming on through, giving them access just as Adam did kind of thing. So we we know Adam sinned. We know Christ came and delivered us from that sin and has eradicated that sin problem. We all know that. We all believe that. But does Satan know that we know that? He knows it. Satan knows that Adam screwed up. Satan knows that Christ fixed it. But I don't think half the time Satan knows that we know it because we're not saying anything. We're never speaking about it. We're never coming against him coming against us we just kind of sit back and take it so to speak or even with stuff that's going on in the world we just sit back and allow it to happen it doesn't have to be that way in your life it doesn't have to be that way in your family you speak what god says you speak what christ did and it reminds satan where he stands you know his his job He's the accuser of the brethren. You've heard that before, and that's scriptural. 
He spends his time day and night before God, accusing the brethren, speaking of the bad things that we've done, the mistakes that we've done, the shortcomings that we have. And he does the same thing with you and I. He'll come to you and he'll start speaking. Hey, you remember that, what you did back then? You remember the way you were? Who do you think you are? You've got this righteous mentality. You ain't no good. Look at what you did yesterday. Look what you just said to them. Look how you behaved. Look what, look what that thought that you had in your mind, and you, you didn't do nothing with it. Look at you. You ain't nothing. You're nobody. You're worthless. And he goes on and on and on. And he's going to do that because that's what he does. We don't think that you're broken when he comes and does that to you. That's what he does. But what are you doing with it? Are you speaking or do you just sit there and listen to it? And maybe you don't really even react to it in a bad way. But more often than not, if you sit there and listen to that long enough, it's going to affect you. <clears throat> and that's his job. He will just keep coming. You know, his name itself, the very word, the Greek of Satan and Lucifer talks about how he comes and just pecks, pecks, and just keep hitting something with a hammer until it breaks. You just keep knocking on it. You can go over to the wall and you can lightly hit it with a hammer. It ain't going to do nothing. But if you stay there long enough, keeping the same force, eventually that thing's coming apart. You'll break through it. And that's how he works. So you've got to do something with it. You can't just sit there and listen to it. You need to respond. You need to speak. <clears throat> so let me give you an illustration of how this works or what it's kind of like and what I think a lot of times we're like. So think about your neighborhood that you live in. And, you know, you're kind of your immediate neighborhood. Maybe you live out in the country, so maybe it's a few miles around you. You got your neighbors, you got some friends, got some maybe that you don't so much like. Think about this. What if there was a murder in your neighborhood? Someone got killed. Someone killed someone in your neighborhood. And for whatever reason, the cops have decided and figured out that it was done within your neighborhood. Someone within your neighborhood did it, not somebody else outside or a foreigner or a you know, someone from another city, nothing like that. It was somebody right in your neighborhood did it. And so you're a suspect. And so the cops are at your house questioning you, trying to figure out where were you when this happened? What, what is your relationship with this person that got murdered? Through their investigations, they discover that, you know, it was done with a knife <clears throat> that's sitting in your little knife thingy. It's that same style they can tell after they study, and they know that that knife is the one that did it, and it's in your house. Everything's starting to stack up against you. You're looking like the murderer, but you didn't do it. And you know why you didn't do it? You weren't even there. You were on vacation. You were gone. You've got a perfect alibi, but you didn't say nothing. You just sit there and let them tear your house apart, stacking up more and more evidence against you trying to find everything they can to point a finger at you, and you know you, were, you know you didn't do it. There's no way you could have done it. You weren't even around. And then to boot, you've got cameras on your property just for security's sake, and you've got video of the guy breaking into your house, taking the knife, leaving it, and coming back with it. So you've got everything you need to prove you didn't do it and even prove who did it, and you don't say nothing. You just sit there, quiet. They keep coming to you with more questions, accusations, pointing their finger, stacking up the evidence, doing the old bad cop grilling thing on you, and you just sit there and don't say a single word. 
what do you think is going to happen? You're going to jail. You're going to get accused of a crime you didn't do because you didn't say nothing. You just didn't speak up. Speak up. Speak up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. It's the same way in the Christian world. You've got all these accusations coming against you. And I'm not even so much talking about what's outside and the world is doing. That's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother issue. It's the same thing, but it's a whole nother thing. I'm even just talking about Satan himself and the lies that come into your brain and how he comes against you and accuses you, plays the old mind game with you, starts to beat you up, starts to remind you of past failures, starts to remind you of your screw-ups. And, it, and even recent stuff, you know, we all make mistakes. Does that mean God don't love us no more? No, we know that. That's common knowledge. This is nothing new. We know God loves us. We know he forgives our sins. He knows that we know there's nothing we can do to cause God to turn our back on us. It's impossible. He won't do it. He says it in his word. He will always, he'll never leave you and never forsake you. We know that. So then why do we sit here and sometimes think we're all alone? Sometimes feel like we've screwed up too much. Sometimes made God mad. So why would he bless me? Look what I've done. Why do we do that? Because we don't say nothing. We're being accused. We're being told lies. We're being hit upside the head left and right. And we don't say anything. We just sit there and take it. Why? Acquit yourself. Get yourself out of that trouble. Open your mouth and begin to speak. Say what it is. This song Last song that Abe did today, it's a new song. It was I was sitting in here this morning kind of basically putting together a message. And uh, I hear him start playing the song. And I'm like, I haven't heard that one before. And it caught my attention because some of the words were kind of interesting. And the more I listened to it, I thought, that's my message. That's what, he's te- that's what I'm going to teach today. How we need to just remember we're a child of God. Fear has no place. Sin has no place. Accusations have no place. Sickness and disease has no place in my life. It, it doesn't, doesn't belong here. And declare, I'm a child of God. Just say that from time to time. Do you ever say that? That does you some good. Boy, it brings joy to your heart to remind yourself that you're a child of God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because my heavenly father died, sent his son and died in my place. And I get to spend eternity with him. In his blessing, heir to the throne. Heir to the throne with Christ. We're joint heirs. I think I got that scripture. I want you to see that. Romans 8.16. Let's go there. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Can I tell any of you in here that you're not a child of God? No. We know that. Again, we know these things. They're common knowledge, if you want to call it that, to us. But we just don't do anything with it. We don't speak it. Say that about yourself once in a while. I am a child of God. And it goes on to say, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We are joint heirs with Christ. 
you and I are on the same level as Jesus Christ himself. That doesn't mean that we are proud and we can be boastful or nothing like that. But he has made us joint heirs because that's what he wants. And he desires that about us. And we know that. But again, if we don't declare who we are and speak up for ourselves, then then Satan just keeps coming, just keeps coming. And he'll keep coming anyway, but you can eradicate his little schemes pretty fast when you start reminding him of who you are, how you stand with God, and who he is, and where he stands with God. Remind him that for you, eternity awaits for heaven. You're going to heaven, and you will spend eternity in the glorious light of God. Remind him that an eternity of the lake of fire awaits him. And his destiny has been made too. It's done. The end of the book is written. There's no change in it. He's trying to fight a guaranteed losing battle. Guaranteed loss. But he's going to try and take as many victims down with him as he can. But when we speak, we use the word of God. It lines up with the word of God. It puts in motion the power of those words. Even though we know those words and we... Believe those words. We need to speak them to release their power. That's the only way they get out there and do their thing. You can read it all you want. You can have it inside of you all you want. But the true power of it's never going to be released if you don't speak it out and declare it and say it from time to time. And I'm not saying you've got to run around Walmart screaming and hollering scriptures or anything like that because Satan's starting to mess with your mind right there in Walmart. You don't need to do that. But you know what I'm saying. You know, I can remember back when I worked at Affiliated, I'd have little sessions in the bathroom with myself. It was the only private place I could go find. So I'd go to the restroom, spend a little time in there, declare a few scriptures, deal with these screwy thoughts because I don't have time for it. You can sit there and uh, play those games all day long and you accomplish absolutely nothing. But if you'll speak out the word of God, eradicate that, and get yourself lined back up with the word of God and get moving again. He's got things for you. He's got things he wants you to do. And you're not going to accomplish them if you're just sitting there with your mouth shut. It's done with speaking and getting out there and getting it done. But it it all, again, it starts with speaking and getting yourself lined up. Go ahead and turn to Revelations. Chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night, has been cast out. Again, Christ has already dealt with the accuser. He's already set in motion the end of the book. Satan knows where he's going, and he knows what he's got going on. But you also got to see here what they call him, the accuser of the brethren. Day and night, he's accusing you. Day and night, he'll come to you and try to accuse you so you can condemn yourself. You can bring conviction and condemnation upon yourself. Because if you do that, you're no good to God. Because God didn't give you that. 
God doesn't, as the scripture says, there is therefore no condemnation in Christ. That isn't God. If you're feeling condemned, that's Satan or yourself. You can bring that on yourself if you sit there and listen to it, and especially if you start to speak it against yourself. You'll bring condemnation on yourself. So if you're feeling condemned, if you're feeling no good, worthless, don't add up, sin consciousness, all these things, that's not God. Recognize that. Immediately recognize that and go, that's not God. God is not disappointed in you. God is not thinking you're a failure. God is not thinking you're a no good, worthless sinner. That's not God. It don't add up with the word. There's no way you can convince me of that because it's not in the word. But, so that's the enemy. That's his tactic. That's what he does. But you go on to read verse 11. And they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. So how, it says they overcame him, and him being the one who accuses, the one who brings those false accusations against us, and and even to God against us. How did they overcome him? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Obviously the blood, because without Christ dying, none of this even begins. We are condemned. We are in trouble. We are stuck in that sin nature. Well, thank God they had the law to do as best they could, but now we have the perfect blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, and that blood washes away everything, everything. It's gone. So if... You're having those thoughts, like we all do. Don't think you're alone. Don't think you're so messed up in your head. (laughs) You're not. That's the enemy. If you're having those thoughts, those days where you just feel worthless, those days where you're pretty sure you lost your salvation, those days where you're pretty sure you've completely and utterly disappointed God, and he's just sitting there shaking his head in pure disappointment at you, he's not, but those are the days, I mean, Maybe you're so lucky you've never had days like that. Ha, ha, ha. We all do. But realize that he's already overcome it. And if you're born again and you've given your life to Christ, that day, that ended. That's not truth. That's not God. And that's the enemy trying to accuse you. That's your own heart sometimes accusing you your own heart can be deceived sometimes into thinking that it's messed up and that you're messed up and you're too screwed up to get fixed and i'm never going to get this right i don't know why god would even waste his time with me i just keep screwing this up dragging him along and i just can't believe he'd even give me another chance well we know he does and that's the word and the only way you're going to get past that is to not only know that the blood has already paid the price The blood has covered your sins in the past, your sins now, your sins to come. You're going to keep screwing up. That's just part of human nature. But it's covered. It's done. It's dealt with. But the blood isn't enough. I don't misread that. Don't dig into that too deep. I'm not trying to say the blood of Jesus Christ didn't cover our sins. It did. But for our own hearts, the blood isn't enough. You need to speak it. And that's what it says by the word of their testimony. They overcame the enemy by two things, the blood of the lamb, because that's the only thing that gives us victory, but also by the word of their testimony. It's not just enough sometimes to know it. 
You need to do something with what you know. Speak it. Get it out there. Go have your little bathroom session if necessary at work when you're starting to feel down and you're starting to have things stack up against you. Or not even so much in your head. Just the stuff that's coming at you from the world. You know, if you sit there and listen to the news long enough these days, you're going to be in fear. You're going to be afraid this thing's going south. I mean, between criminalities, we've got ISIS attacking. We've got people chopping up babies and doing horrible things with it. We've got uh, now it's okay for homosexuals to get married. All these things starting to come against you. You've got lions being shot. Oh, my gosh, it's terrible. Sorry, that was my joke for the day. Things we get worked up over. I mean, it's just amazing what we get worked up over. But you, we do have a lot of horrible things. We, we're really not in a safe country no more. Oh, no. Well, what if we do get attacked? We're setting ourselves up for it, in my opinion. But does that mean I'm going to freak out? No. Why does that change anything? It doesn't. It doesn't matter whether I'm in a country that is safe and stable or not how does that change the word of god it doesn't say anything about that doesn't say that these promises only work if you're in a stable environment doesn't doesn't have anything to do with that so why should you allow fear to come upon you that's not god now doesn't mean we don't get concerned and do anything about it but that's again the same thing start speaking get it out there Get rid of that fear in your heart because if you're full of fear, you're going to end up in your little homemade bomb shelter that you, you, know, you dug a deep hole in your backyard because you saw on TV how they can do that and they got all their stockpiles down there to survive a nuclear attack. You know, that's the kind of fear you're going to get caught up into and you're going to get totally washed away with it and, and what good are you to God? He's not going to be able to use you. But instead... Get a hold of his word and start speaking it. You're afraid of what you're seeing in your kids and what's going on with them? Start speaking the word and quit worrying about it. I said something to Nate the other day, and I think it makes sense. Don't freak out. Just speak it out. Quit freaking and start speaking. <laughs> it's that simple, really. But we get so caught up in worry so caught up in fear, so caught up in the problem. Yeah, there's problems, yes. Maybe your kids are screwed up. So what? <laughs> Do you think freaking out about it's going to fix them? Do you think freaking out about it's going to fix ISIS? Do you think freaking out about it's going to fix your coworker that you're dealing with? No, not at all. But I do know what will work, and I've seen it work. And I've seen it work time and time again in my life. I've seen it work time and time again in other people's lives. Start speaking. And even if you don't know what to say or what the right answer is, you start speaking what God has done for you, you ain't going to care no more. You'll have such joy in your heart, such peace in your heart, that maybe the problem didn't immediately get fixed. But you aren't going to worry about it anymore. Because what can you fix with a little bit of worry? A whole lot of worry. Nothing. I mean, there's scripture that goes on about that. You can't, you can't do nothing even with a ton of worry. It doesn't do anything. But just a little bit of faith, a little bit of speaking. You start mixing those things together, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, that's where you overcome. 
That's how you put things back into proper perspective, back into their proper place, and equip yourself to start moving forward again. And don't shut down. Just start moving forward again. Start speaking. That's the enemy's tactic is to get you to shut down. If he can get you immobilized, yeah, he might not get you to curse God and go to hell. But if he can get you immobilized, you're no longer a threat. You're no good to nobody. You're just stuck with fear and worry and problems and anxiety. And that's this whole week. That's what I've known in my heart. I just couldn't figure out how to put it in words. But anxiety, worry, fear, these things are pressing in on us. And as a, and as a church body, and, I, and maybe, maybe it's just me, I don't know. But I have, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that many of you maybe or maybe not dealing with some of that stuff where things are trying to get at you and start pressing down, pressing hard. And if you're not careful, you'll get the inclination to ball up and hide. And you're not going to want to deal with it anymore. And you're going to try to get away with it by just backing off. That ain't going to fix it. That's just, this is where you buckle down and you get a hold of them core truths and you start speaking them. Even if you don't know what to speak against a certain problem, just start declaring the simple things. I believe there is a God and he has made me an overcomer. He has uh, put me on high. He has sent his son. I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and my Savior. I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe his blood covers my sin, past, present, and future. I believe the stripes of Christ have healed me. Just start declaring those things and start speaking them out. Even if they have nothing to do with your problem, it'll bring faith, it'll bring joy, it'll bring peace into your heart, and it'll get you moving again. You'll get back up, dust yourself off, and you'll get moving again. And that's, that's all God needs. And he'll start giving you then scriptures to deal with those immediate problems that you are dealing with. He'll give you peace to move on, pass through it like it's not bothering you, which is what the world is going to be drawn to because everybody's dealing with this stuff. Believers and unbelievers alike, they might act like they got it figured out, but there's fear. They've got problems in their hearts too, and they're not sure how to deal with them. And that's your way to witness when you keep moving forward. But if you're pressed down and, and, and immobilized by these things too, they're not going to be drawn to that. So get a hold of the word even if it's the basic truths of God, and keep on pressing in and speak it out. Spend some time speaking it out. There's scriptures back there in those folders the, that are the, the what you are in Christ, who you are in Christ, excellent things to speak out and to declare if you're not sure what to even speak. Or get a hold of a concordance or a scripture keys thing like what we've got out in the bookstore and find your specific thing and you'll find scriptures for it. And you can start speaking it out and put something out there that God can work with. Put something out there that will build faith in your heart, bring joy, bring peace, and bring solitude back to your situation, to your life. Amen? Amen. So the spoken word, I know we didn't really talk about spoken blessing so much today, but it's the same thing. We need to speak it out. Speak out the blessings of God in your life. Speak out the blessings of God over your children, over your family, over your situation, over your work. Just start speaking the right stuff. Start speaking the word of God. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, 
that it is by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, and the word of our testimony that we have been made overcomers. And Lord, we declare that we are going to speak your word in faith, in, in, in hope, Father God. We put our trust in you. We believe in you and you alone, Father God. Forgive us, Father, for the times that we have not spoken, the times that we have kept our mouths shut and listened to the lies and allowed fear to grip our hearts. Forgive us, Father, but today, Father, we're going to move forward in you. We are going to declare your word. We are going to speak your promises. We are going to put our trust and our hope in you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So get out there and get speaking. Stop freaking. Start speaking. Amen. No church Wednesday night. This is the first Wednesday of the month. So you're free to do something other than go to church. And we will see you here next Sunday. Amen. Thank you and God bless.